Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Well, good morning, gardening friends. This weather does feel a little bit more springy, doesn't it? There's a little bit warmer and a little bit more sun around. Uh, the odd sprinkle here and there, but hey, uh, we are ready to go. Bev Daring is on the phones and our taskmaster, John Glidden, is standing by. A big shout out to our Chris Bartlett for the reliably lively breakfast program every alternate Saturday morning here at uh, Curtain Radio. And Chris was assisted today by the equally lively Yvonne Hill. Thank you both guys. Appreciate very much. And uh, Chris is a champ. He always helps us set up in the studio, doesn't he? He does. And for it's, sure. uh, it's a lifesaver. So it's not much time in that changeover, is there? I've got to boot them out. <laughs> got all our rubbish down. <laughs> Answer all their garden questions. Put your garden on the desk. <laughs> and Faye certainly has a broader garden in this morning. And we also had our cycling DJ, Jim Crine, and he wrapped up the Brecky Show with his report and he will return at 10am with the classic 70s for you. What a week it has been for Akaro. Oh, weather-wise, we've had down. some highs and lows, we, haven't we? We certainly have. That is spring though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, know? yes. And we talk about the weather quite a lot because it, it really does impact gardening on, on every level. That's why we're so obsessed with it, I'm sure. I know that's my... Well, there's, there's a lot of signals, isn't there? The, yeah. the daylight hours have a big impact. Well, they do, and um, things are reacting to that because there is more light. The wildlife yeah. are reacting. Yeah, yeah. as in you saw a snake yesterday. I did. So I it, did. It reacted. Well, They're I was out, out checking on an orchid that I've been watching. I've seen this bud come up in a, a, a space where a couple of years ago I had a grand spider orchid, which is one of the rare orchids. And so I, I hunt that place every year on a regular basis, yeah. and I'm just very hopeful. Uh, otherwise, it's another spider orchid, which would be lovely. But I'd just sort of gone for a wander around, and I pulled out a few weeds. There's some wild gladdies and belt grass that sort of grows in other grassy plants. And I sort of stood in this pot and eyeballed a weed in a spot, eyeballed a weed and thought about pulling it out. And seconds later, split seconds later, I just heard a rustle and it was either side of me, <laughs> like, like as if there were two things, and a foot away from my foot. And as I glanced to my left, there it was, just this black... Scuttling off. Um, skedaddling away past a grass tree. So oh, I was pretty lucky. I wasn't scared. I did say a word. But, of course. you know, they, they're very aware of us. I'm just very grateful that it was more aware of me and it and got out of the way. step on it, yeah, because that's, yeah. you know. It could potentially happen, but mm. it was quite a warm day, so I think it would have been moving quite well, and it did move well. It did move mm. out of the way. So. But where it was, you know, I just don't know. Didn't see it, so 
was a bit more careful on the way back. So they're out there. Mm. Our phone number this morning, 94841927. And you can email us by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. Now, today's program is sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when buying six bags or more. Search Garden in a Bag. Now, this morning, we're chatting to Kieran Kelly. He's the chairperson for Open Gardens WA. It's that lovely time of the year where our gardens are becoming, obviously, I think spring's just a lovely time to have our open gardens kick off. I mean, I know there's been a few gardens open already this year, but uh, this... This is going to be a, an absolute cracker because last it was last year they missed out because of COVID. I think they actually they got, had it themselves. Yes. So yeah, this is going to be an absolute cracker. So we're going to learn all about this garden. Uh, it's on next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, when we chat to Kieran at twenty past eight. So that's only ten minutes away, and we're also chatting to Andrew Ossington from the Kalamunda Plant Company. He runs the Kalamunda Garden Festival and. It was a fantastic Sunday. The weather was lousy, uh, but we're going to do a wrap up. You well, know? the atmosphere was People electric. Were People were and happy as yeah, yeah. There's there's something to be said for that. Yeah, hats oh, off to gardeners. Them. Uh, yeah, well that's right. And we just we just I just put the right boots on and away I went. I still managed to do my you know damage retail therapy. I'll tell you later some of the things that I secured. Mm. And great prices too. And oh yes, black caterpillars, the bane of my existence. <laughs> I've had them coming into my house this week. Ooh. Caroline, good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are you all this morning? We're good. Fantastic. Thanks, Caroline. How can we help you? I'm not, not surprised. Yesterday was so <laughs> beautiful. I'm back on my black caterpillars. I'm yes. thankfully ringing to say thank you. Oh, excellent. Yes. What have um, you done? Uh, well, I put some seed. I bought the dipel like you suggested. They were pretty big caterpillars, and I thought, I don't know if this will do it. Yes. I, uh, so I bought the dipel anyway, put some Cosmos seedlings out. When I came out the next day, they were just stalks. Mm-hmm. And I thought, right, get on to it now. Because I wanted to give them one day in the ground, but it was I should have done the dipel first. And I was getting about eight to ten off each plant. A Good day, grief. sometimes Good twice grief. a day. I mean, it was a real infestation. And when I put the dipel on, I couldn't see any of them, and they were up the walls. They were running from the dipel. Are oh. these the furry ones? Yeah, they mm. are. Black furry ones, mm. and they're everywhere because I when know. I went to my GP, it was all in their garden as well. Well, mm. I've had them coming into my house, Caroline, this week. I was on the phone and I thought, what's that crawling across the floor? And my, I was on the phone and my dog's going up to it. And it was the length of my finger. They are huge, fat things. And she was touching it. I'm thinking, oh, please let that just be a caterpillar. It heard about all yeah. your new plants, yeah. right? It was coming in to get them. And, you know, since then I've had three more. It's ridiculous how they're even getting in. But I catch them around oh. the front door. I've been throwing them over the oh, back yes, fence. Yes. Not yes, I've, that's right. I found four around my front door as well, and yeah. someone said, "Be careful, they'll come in." Yeah, they they do. Yeah. So yeah, be careful. Did you say you threw it over the fence? Yeah, not to a neighbour. I have a I have a oh, right. space behind me. I have. Yeah, uh, I did the where same Where I hope thing the birds my... see them, actually. Yeah, but no, I don't yeah. throw it into a neighbour's yard. Attempted as I might be, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, of course I wouldn't yeah. do that. No, 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 not at all. I was just going to say, I said to this guy, throw it over the fence, and he said, no, they'll just come back. Well, that's the thought. No I, yeah, they that's... they will find, I 
I don't think they'd come back. I think they'd just find the closest suitable food source because when they get this big, they're just about ready to pupate. And for those that don't know, these ones are commonly called woolly bear. Mm. And when they turn into moths, they will become a pretty black and white tiger moth. Mm. I'm trying not to kill them. And folks, mm. if you want birds in your garden, just be mindful that caterpillars are food for them. I know, I know. And, you know, I don't usually do anything, but this was an infestation. Yeah, Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying, Caroline. There was 10 of them. They were all standing on the end of the branches with their little heads up, swaying in the breeze. And my (laughs) friend's like, oh, my God, look at that. They have got really cute little faces, I have to tell you. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for your call. They ate everything. Anyway, thank you very much. Okay. All right, happy gardening. Cheers. Thanks. Yes, I think a lot of people, we've all got a bit of that at the moment going on. Now, we're talking about Ager Adams. We're with Robin. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Robin. I'm looking after a garden for a lady for about six weeks. Yes. And she's got a lot of Ager in it, which is in full bloom. Fantastic. And I want to know what, how do I tend it because... It's smothering everything else, and I don't know if it should be cut back after it's finished flowering. What? How is it treated? Well, it is an annual, but I tell you what, these are one of the plants that I put in my garden earlier this year, and they're powering through. They can self-seed. They're a, a great plant for bringing in butterflies and insects to your garden. I think of it this way, Robin. Um, I look for the hero in the garden. Now, if they're smothering out other things that are important and that you want, you know, you might have poppies trying to um, come up in the gaps or you might have cosmos, you then want to manage them a little bit. So in that case, I would deadhead them a bit or give them a little bit of a cutback if they're becoming weedy. But then again, a carpet of ageratum would just look magnificent. It will cover the ground. It will smother weeds if if the ageratum wins. You can give it a liquid food that will encourage uh, more flowering. So something like Thrive, miracle Grow, Aquasol, Power Feed, something along those lines. But yep. they're just a gorgeous plant. I'd, I'd be enjoying them and not too sure about the need to cut them back. Okay. Good. Thank you kindly. You're most that welcome. And they're, for you. anyone else listening, they're a great plant to have in the garden. Great value. Yep. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. These are probably self-seeded over the last 15 years, I would think. Oh, lovely. Yes. Well, they're more than happy in that space then. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Bye, Robin. And you can get two heights, can't you? You can get a very a low-growing yes. one and a higher-growing yes. one. And you can buy them in punnets for under $3, That's, I mean, six or eight. Value. So they really are. Yeah. In fact, Carol Fudge told us about them. They were one of her recommendations. Yeah. And based on that, I put them in a, around my roses. I was just about to say, in my previous mm. home, I had them growing. You know, I used to experiment each year mm. and do something different. And one year I just had them understory plantings under my roses and they just absolutely... Uh, were gorgeous, just like. Uh, and if you've got ageratum, you're not going to have all those little weeds. Yeah, well, I used to do that a lot at uh, Maylands. I used to have very much everything so tightly planted. Mm. I didn't really have a weed issue. No, now, now I do. 
Uh, Peter of Redcliffe phoned in and saying thank you for the tickets to the Kalamunda Garden Festival. It was a fabulous day. Well, Peter, I hope you had your wellies on. Glad you enjoyed it. It was a fabulous day. Faye did a stellar job there as well. You had your uh, chat in the morning about 10.15 and then you also emceed in in your area for I the did. day. Yep. Yeah. And it was nice to have a tent to shelter in. Oh, I love that, Marquee. Yeah, it's a nice little spot up there. Well, and the visuals are very good and yeah, and the yeah. talks were really well attended. So yeah, that was enjoying. great for our for our guests that came along and presented. We had Phil Dudman. Uh, we had Amy Sloan from My Nonna Life and Casey Lister. So, yeah, lots of, of great talks. And did you get any Curtin FM listeners coming and I saying did. good day? I did. Mm-hmm. I, yes, one lady was just beaming and smiling oh. and said, I just really love your show. Oh, how nice. And, yeah, thank you for for your tips and, yeah, that she just kept learning. So, oh, yeah, so it's always great to hear that there's someone out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> it always helps. <laughs> mm. What have you got on your desk? Oh, well, Ray, I didn't get far this morning and I thought, well, I better be careful because I really could have got lost. But I've just brought in a range of different things. So carrying on with our DE, um, I thought today I would talk about Dianella. Yeah. And the other one I thought I'd talk about was Epidendrums, which are the crucifix orchids. Because, you know, we probably have never talked about them. I don't, yeah, they're not, I'm yeah. not familiar. Really? Well, I might be. I might be. I don't this know. This orange flowering here, flowering plant, it's an orchid. No, I'm not familiar. Oh, and they're Pretty. hardy. So that's why Pretty. I thought it was a good time to talk about them. But, yeah, I was just about to jump in the car and I reached over and uh, grabbed a, a twig of bay. I've got leather fern, there's salvia, aeonium that has broken off. And mm. I thought, you know... Folks out there, if something breaks off or you, your succulents need a cut back, let them dry out, pot them in the ground or in a pot and you'll have new plants before you know it. But yeah. a lot of them, you can just do that with leaves as well. Break off a few of the leaves and just let them sit for a couple of weeks and you'll notice they start to grow a root and a new little plant. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's the wonder of succulents, oh, I think. just such a lot of fun. And cornflowers. Cornflowers in different, different colours. Different colours, which I love. And then we have the three-cornered leek, which is a bulb. It, Yeah, it definitely is considered a weed, but it's edible and it is so pretty. It looks very much like the snowdrops or is snowflakes. Is pots or just in your uh, garden? It's going wild in my garden because it seeds. These are around my roses, so they'll they'll get to the time when I just get sick of looking at them because what people they... just think I've got weeds in my garden. Three corner because that's the shape of the stem. Yes. So and and what are they called Chunky. again? Three corner. Uh, Allium tri. Did you give tri- me some of those? Because I put some in pots, and I think that's what they are. Oh, okay. Well, just be careful because they mm. do seed. They pop up in the paving. Yeah. But you know they're edible, so you can eat the flowers. The stems and the leaves, okay. Okay. and even the the bulbs. Like at the end of the season, the bulbs swell, and you've got these tiny little onions, like cocktail onions. And they've got that delicate little flower, which just sort of has that uh, bell? weeping bell-like effect, which I adore. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're very very pretty. Okay, I think we'll go for a little break, and when we return, we will be chatting with Kieran Kelly. Talk about the open garden that is happening next weekend. 
And we are back. You are with Ray and Faye. Let's talk gardening 23 minutes after eight. And we have Kieran Kelly. He's the chairperson of Open Gardens WA. Good morning, Kieran. How's it all going? Very good, Ray. How are you? And how are you, Faye? Yep, very good. And raring to go with the Open Garden season kicking off. So you have already had a couple of events, Mm. haven't you? Yes, we had a, a season launch, Faye, which you attended. Yes, it's um, lovely. Uh, yes, it was. Very nice. Um, that was down in um, Florida. And then a couple of weekends ago, we had a members event, which was just a small art and garden show. So we had a number of uh, three houses in the Swanview area, um, all artists, and with um, a bit of a garden attached to it. So that was a little show and a, and a nice way to kick it off. It was a, just a small... Um, a small group of people, but uh, I think everyone thoroughly enjoyed it. So it's for members only, was it, Kieran? That was a members only. So event, it's a good so. reason to join Open Gardens WA because there's all these little extras uh, that you get to, you wouldn't normally maybe access. So for our well, listeners, how do how does the members' uh, tickets work? Well, the members' tickets work by, um, uh, one, you become a member at a small fee of $30 and that gets you in for the year. Um, then there's a discounted price at the gate for members. So members are $6. Uh, normal public is $8 to come into events. But what we do have phase through the year, we try to uh, have a number of small events uh, that are members only because we have yeah. a, quite a few people who don't want to open their garden to lots of people. So we try to entice them with a smaller group of people that we can come wandering through their garden. And they're happier with that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and look, there's a, you know, the way Perth is, we don't have a lot of big gardens in and around the suburbs. We tend to have a, sort of bigger gardens in the in the hills. Um, so, you know, logistically, sometimes you can't fit 200 people into a garden. Um, no. I'm very comfortable with uh, just a small group of, you know, 10, 20 or 30 people. Yeah, exactly. Now, tell us about Mills Garden next weekend in Beldivis. Well, this is the start, uh, Ray, of our little uh, season up to uh, Christmas. So we've got yes. uh, four gardens coming up. The Mills Garden, as you said earlier, unfortunately, when they were going to open it last year, uh, they came down with COVID. So that yeah. put a stop to that. And that was only the week before the garden was to open. So All that a lot work. Of work up to, up, yeah. yeah, a lot of work up to that point. And uh, it was disappointing, more so for them, uh, course, but also for, for people who wanted to go and have a look. So... This week, uh, or next weekend, on the Saturday and the Sunday, uh, they are opening again, and it's a fantastic garden down there. Uh, when people go down there, um, you'll see a photo board that they had up oh, a number of years ago when we opened it, where it was just basically a, um, a sand paddock, and then you know, some 20, 30 years later, you can see what uh, has evolved from that sand paddock, and Ian is just meticulous with what he does. There won't be a blade of grass out of shape. Mm. Yes, I second that. Way that's not been raked. <laughs> oh, now, Karen, what have they done since we last saw the garden? Uh, well, Ian's built a, a, a great big new barn that he's been oh. uh, had on the planning board for a while. So it's a new structure there. Uh, they've got a whole lot of new plantings in as well. Um, as you know, Faye, there's a nice big koi pond in and mm. around the house. It's just fantastic. It has a lot of uh, Louisiana irises around and a big koi fish for the kids to go and have a look at. Um, it's a sort of a parkland setting, I suppose, is for want of a better word. So you can wander around and, and look, they're happy for people to come along and put a picnic rug down there and, and uh, bring a few refreshments. There will be refreshments available as well. 
Um, and also, uh, they'll have their famous little um, kids' train going and a couple of little pony rides because oh. uh, Ian was once involved How in his cute. working life with horses. <laughs> so, so for the kids and the grandparents to bring their grandkids or just uh, for parents to bring their kids, there'll be uh, a few activities for them to do as well. Now, one of the features that I remember from their garden was a musical rubbish bin that their daughter had made, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, I, I remember that too, Faye. And, and when I saw it, I thought, what a fantastic idea. Um, no doubt it will probably still be there. And I think it was um, playing um, a bit of classical music as you walked in last time. Yes, but it was a similar bin that uh, she uh, had um, put a, a number of speakers in. And, uh, yeah, it was certainly, um, uh, I won't say the key to the garden, but it certainly helped it. <laughs> it was a lovely focal point at the entrance. It was just, It yes, was, it was yeah, fantastic. Great yeah. atmosphere. Fact, I, I did think about making one myself, but I, um, the thought was there, but the effort hasn't come. Mm, yes, well, I agree. It's a magnificent garden. Last time we were there, there were fields of everlastings and, as you say, a beautiful parkland setting with spaces to sit and it's always nice to meet up and chat with other gardeners in a beautiful location like that. If people like to have a few chickens, they can certainly have a look at the chicken the chicken house, which is more like a house than a chicken house. It's oh, next level, it. isn't it? I love that. Oh, yeah. And look, Ian is very, very good craftsman with what he does and it's uh, just fantastic. And like I said, there won't be anything out of places. It'll be it's sparkling when you go down there to have a look. Oh, every so every gardener needs an Ian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's right. Yeah. And just as you go down there, it's just advisable to come off Burma Road because the the road actually um, ends halfway through. Um, so that's a good tip. From the run direction. So just if people are Googling it, uh, just make sure you, you're coming off Burma Road. Enter off um, Burma Road. Yeah. And we may have a little difficulty with uh, a lot of our gardens that we've got coming up with... Um, Internet connection, you wouldn't think so in this day and age. But oh, no, it's happening uh, bad out there. It's so an, just bring a, mm. Yeah, maybe bring that little, little bit of that stuff called cash. cash. Uh, it might just help just in case our uh, things yeah. aren't working. And there will be plant sales um, and other things for sale at, um, at Ian's Garden as well. And, oh, that's and what we need to know. This year. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favourite bits. Of course it is. Well, it is, and it's great to just pick up a few little bits, but... You know, the beauty of the open gardens and, you know, say so you're a gardener, Ray, you're a gardener and, and I'm, I'm a gardener myself, but every time you go to one of these gardens, you always find something. That always. God, oh, that's a good idea and yeah. I haven't thought of that. And, always. And um, maybe you can you can see something that will fit into your own garden and that's yeah. the beauty of having the open gardens and look, gardeners are very happy to share their successes and their yeah. fails Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a, a good fun day out. Yeah. Always is. Yeah, I don't know what we'd do without you, Kieran. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, it's a, it's a volunteer group, uh, yeah. as you know. Um, there's a lot of you know, people behind the scenes to do a lot of work, and it's, it's all volunteer-based. And um, we're always looking for new little gardens or big gardens to open and, and showcase what uh, people in Perth can grow. But if people want to go and onto our website, which is Open Gardens WA, they'll see the calendar of events. Yeah, so we've got four gardens coming up till um, November. Oh, good! Um, all of them, all of them worthy of looking at, and yeah. um, and hope that everyone gets a few ideas that they can splash around in their own garden. Come away inspired, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I very much look forward to it, and look forward to seeing people there next weekend. 
great space. Thanks for, thanks for your support and Curtin FM's um, listeners for all their support. And yeah. We hope to see everyone come down and have a look. Sounds fantastic. Thanks very much, Kieran. Okay. Thanks, Faye. Thanks, okay. Faye. You're welcome. Thanks, yeah. Kieran. Bye. So, yes, that was Kieran Kelly, Open Gardens WA. Season's kicked off and uh, next weekend it's all happening. We'll mention it again next weekend just to remind you, but pop that in your diary. Mills Garden, Wilkinson Road in Bell Divers. We need to get our calendars out, don't we? We really do. We really do. And uh, we can, you know what, maybe I should give something away right now. Good just, idea. You know, talk about thinking on your feet, I tell you. Okay, let's do a $75 gift voucher. We'll go Green Life Soil Co. Okay, Paul and Linda Michener, our good buddies, and they did a great job up at Kalamunda last Sunday as well. They uh, did some heroic efforts, actually. But we'll leave that for Andrew to tell us about when we chat to him soon. With a motto of delivering a greener garden and a philosophy founded in permaculture, Green Life Soil Co. promote biodiversity and sustainability. And I've mentioned it before, Green Life Soil Co. have a great monthly newsletter, heaps of brilliant info on their website. Uh, it's free, so all you have to do is register online to become a member and go to greenlifesoil.com.au to do so greenlifesoil.com.au so if you're wondering what you could spend your 75 dollars prize voucher on green life soil co have full range of garden products from certified organic seeds and seedlings to native products through to goodies for your veggie patch they have the lot and the best part is it is all in one place uh, they also provide a great delivery service as well. So Green Life Soil Co. delivering a greener garden. Here is your question. It's true or false. You must be a Curtin FM member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. True or false. Venus flytraps have been known to emit a blue glow to attract insects. True or false. Venus flytraps have been known to emit a blue glow a blue glow to attract insects. Is that true or is that false? Give Bev a call now on 94841927. Sounds lovely. Interesting. Um, oh, John's at it again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, felt, he feels he's been too lenient in the last few weeks, he said on an email. <laughs> so he's, he's, yeah. He comes out with some, some very obscure but master. interesting facts, doesn't he? <laughs> Sounds like John. <laughs> mm. Now, Ray, I thought I'd tell you all about the Dianella now. So I'll just pass you over my berries, my beautiful uh, yes. purple blue berries. Yes. So the D plant this week is Dianella Revoluta. Yeah. And I adore. It, mm. It's just such a hardy plant. And I like to feature plants that just hang out in the garden and Sometimes we don't give them really any attention, Enough. do we? Yeah, yeah. But this is a one of the bush tucker plants. It's an Australian native. It has edible fruits. And at the moment, on the plants in my garden, they are producing these beautiful berries. This is actually the first time I've eaten one, I must say. Now, they grow easily from seeds. So as I went to pick off, off these few berries... Do you want me to eat one? Oh, if you want to, what only if you want like? to. They're a bit... Um, they're a bit soft. They taste um, right. a little bit bland, I'd say. Oh, but as, right. as I pick them, a few drop to the ground. So they've probably been there a little bit too long. All they're right. starting to get a bit soft. But this is how they propagate themselves. The seeds drop or marsupials or birds eat them and spread them around the garden. So you, you can get them popping up anywhere. You can also divide the clumps. So they're grassy 
style plants, thick green leaves standing to around 50 centimetres. You can cut them back to ground level when they finish flowering and they send up sprays of beautiful purple flowers that attract insects, including the blue-banded bees. So they certainly tick a lot of boxes and they're a drought-hardy plant. So full sun or shade. And you know, last night I was thinking these would be an ideal plant to plant under gum trees or trees where the beds are rooted. Just dig yourself a hole and add more mix or build up the level. And they they will compete and self-sow and continue to grow. And certainly lovely mass planted. And imagine all those blue banded bees coming in for the flowers. Yeah. So I, I don't know what I've missed, um, but... They, they're a really good plant if you've got gaps in your garden. Perfect. And they're a good contrast, texture and foliage. And you can get similar Dianella plants with bluish yeah. foliage, yeah, bluish which I grey. Yeah, mm. which and, I adore. And then, of course, you go into other grasses where you've got burgundy or lime green and thin leaves and soft leaves. And yeah, they're, yeah variegated they're quite, as well. Oh. Yeah. And there's a variegated dinella as well. So look out and tell us what you've got in your gardens and what's powering away. Yeah. And they don't need a lot of water. No, that's right. Yeah. You can trim them back. Yes. Is it this time of the year, I think? Well, I did mine probably uh, late summer. Autumn, okay. yeah, and how do they going now? They're they're coming back. Yeah. Um, so mine, you know, mine were looking uh, very dense, and the flower stems were all left behind. So it was yeah. like dead. It was they too good... hard to deadhead. Yeah. So they were cut off Zoof. low down, yeah. Yeah. and they're all coming back. But a bit like kangaroo paws, after a while, it's a good idea to pull the whole clump divide them and thin them out because sometimes yeah. you get a lot of mass in the centre mm. and you don't get as much new growth. So yeah. by dividing, you refresh your plants and you get more vigour. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, now I think Bev's still busy. Oh, no, she has a winner. We have Anne from Warnbro. Thank you very much. A voucher will make its way to you this week, Anne. Our question was... True or false, Venus flytraps have been known to emit a blue glow to attract insects. True. Mm. True. So, Anne, compliments of Green Life Soil Co. You have a $75 gift voucher. Thank you for playing with us. And we're heading to North Beach. Love that part of the world. Fran, good morning. Oh, good morning, ladies. Good morning, Fran. Do you know Ray and I both uh, came from North Beach? Well, I came from Triggs. Well, yes, well, actually, same, same. I came from I came from Trigg and moved to North Beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> what a lovely part of the world. It is, and I live in a lovely street that is lined with big peppermint trees. Oh, how mm-hmm. lovely. What street anyway, is that, Fran? That's Sorrento Street, runs oh. up from the beach. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes know it well. And I actually have a, one enormous... Uh, a peppermint tree in my on the verge in front of my house. <laughs> oh, how lovely! Anyway, now I have a little problem with my with lawn beetles in my lawn. Now I've I've treated them all, but I've got these little dead patches. So what do I do? Do I cut out that all that dead bits or and sort of fill it with sand, or just 
hope that it grows back. No, well, the, the, any damage has been done. So what you need to do is inject new life into your lawn. So if you wanted, um, well, what type of lawn is it? Uh, it's a buffalo. Okay. Um, um, yeah, it's, I have I've treat. I've, I know it's a beetle because I found a black beetle, so I know it's them. And I've treated them, and they seem I seem to have got. I'm not getting any more little piles of sand, you know, that they the little piles that are yes. evidence of them, as well as the dead patches. So um, yeah, okay, so you've it, it grow? you would have used an insecticide of some sort, so that's uh, yes, probably. Yes. Oh. Nuke the problem. Now we look at rebuilding the lawn and repairing the lawn. So you could this time of year think about aerating. And when I say top dressing, all all I'm talking about is adding uh, a lawn blend to fill in the gaps and to wow. fill in those holes. And then you would also apply a wetting agent and also fertilizer. And you know what? With the warm weather coming, you will get. Very quick recovery. Oh, good. So, do I sort of cut out those dead dead bits of the grass, or just just um, if you, aerate and if you do aerate, that leaves holes, and then any lawn blend will help to fill those holes, and you'll get new growth. Okay. So you oh. you don't need to go to the trouble of taking out clumps. No. All right. Oh, that's very good. Thank you very much for that. You're most welcome. Have a lovely day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Fran. Okay, short break. Uh, We shall return in just a moment. And you are listening to Let's Talk Gardening with Ray and Faye. And in the background, we have John. I think we might have to get John in here. He's just filling us with facts about Venus flytraps. And what they eat. Yeah, and and what they don't eat. And he said, what do they eat? And we both said flies. And he goes, no. They don't eat flies. Well, Well, we're going to get him in here and he can I don't know whether they eat. Well, I I thought they ate insects. Well, they don't eat do they? They, trap, they consume. And they, let them, they do. They trap them and then they let them turn into... They gar- digest them. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> grubby, grubby little critters. <laughs> Diane of Rockingham phoned in to say nasturtiums are an underrated plant and good for our sandy soils. They absolutely are. If you've got a weed problem, you don't have enough nasturtiums and you can throw seeds around and they will carpet the ground and suppress weeds. Do so, they become... Do they, they spread... Yeah, and you know what? That's not a problem. If you've got a big garden mm-hmm. and they spread, they they look lush and green and the flowers are so bright with the yellows and oranges. Well, you can get red, which I love. Yes, well, and cream and mm. lemon. But they're so easy to pull out. They're That's so right. easy to I cut know. back. And at the end of the season, you know, it gets to the point where they look ratty and then you Out can harvest the seeds. Yeah. You can pick all the seeds. You can save them for next year to grow again mm. or you can just leave them where they are. And then you have this big mass of biomass and I just throw that into the chooks. Yeah. And as you say, a great weed suppressant. Mm. We like that. Uh, we're Thank heading, you, Diane. <laughs> we're heading to Yokine. Val, good morning. Uh, good morning, Thank you very much for your program. I've been listening for years. I've learned so much. Uh, I want to um, uh, transfer or cut off some um, small plants. I think you call them pups of aloe vera. 
uh, and put them into pots for our big fight at the church in November. And I wondered if you could just give me a few clues as to how to go about it, please. Firstly, Val, can you turn your radio off in the background? Oh, dear. Thank you, love. Thank you. Well, certainly... Uh, dividing aloe veras is a very easy thing to do because they do put out a lot of little pups and you can virtually do that any time of the year but winter so now would be fine and just um, empty the pot out and carefully pull away each of the pups you could uh, pot them singly into a, any sort of potting mix really you know you can get specialist succulent mixes but they would they would do fine in any cheap potting mix and grow very, very well. Thank you. And how would I remove them off the plant? I missed it while I was trying to throttle the wireless. It, so, depending yeah. on how tightly it, it's clustered, you may find that if you grab it and wiggle it, it will pull away. away. But if it is tightly clustered, you may need to go in with a sharp, long-bladed knife and just give a little cut. Oh, thank you. And they can go in straight away. You don't have to sort of wait for them to callus or... No, they'll, they'll be fine. Just don't give them too much water while they're re-establishing. Oh, okay, then. Right, well, thank you very much. You're, you're welcome, really Val. Grateful. Thank you. <laughs> bye Thanks, bye. bye. Okay, dear Val. All right, now we're heading down to Bridgetown. I love that part of the world too. Mm. Uh, talking about transferring fruit trees from pots. Greg, good morning. Hello, how are you? Very good. good, thanks, Greg. How can we help you? I've, okay, I've had about a dozen or so fruit trees, all oranges, uh, lemons, peaches, almonds, blah, 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 sitting in pots for quite some time, largest pots, anything up to 100 litres. Uh, but I'm, they need to be moved. But I went to pull one away, and there's a root down into the ground. Now, is it safe to just rip them up or cut them off, or what's the? Well, story? you unfortunately you're going to have to cut it off because you don't have a choice. You won't no. be able to move it unless you do. I would yeah. try and neatly cut it off the bottom. Um, it would have been a good idea to have had a saucer underneath, or at least not to have had them sitting directly on the ground Soil. because it's very easy for us to put a pot on the ground and before you know it, the pot dries out a little bit and the plant just goes seeking moisture and nutrients and off it goes. Um, which which one or is it all of them that have done that? I've only tried to pull one up, so um, I don't really know whether it's all of them or just Potentially. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, yes, just cut it off as best you can and you'll just have to put up with the consequences I'm afraid well, they're not going to take off in the ground oh they they could very well do but depending on how many years you've had them sitting there and how big that root is and how much of it is established and taking or well, looking after the plant yeah yeah, yeah I understand mm. But, so just cut them off with secateurs at, at the bottom of the pot level and hope for the best. Yes, yes. Hopefully there's a, a big enough, because it's a big pot, 100 litres is a big pot, uh, you, you should have sufficient root looking after the plant not to be relying solely on that root that's gone through the bottom of the pot. 
I'd also give it a drink of seaweed just to, to help. Yeah, no, they've been regularly fertilised and watered. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll just put some good stuff in the ground, in the holes in the ground and uh, see what happens. And the bigger the hole, the better the plant. Yeah, I'll get a machine in to do the holes. But, oh, uh, sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Good luck, Greg. Take care. Have fun. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got the nine o'clock news coming up very soon too. Uh, let me see. Would you like to continue on with what you brought in or would you like to tackle a couple of emails? Oh, let's go with the email. I know there's a show-off email there, according <laughs> yes, to John. Yes, there is. Yes, this has come in from Kay. And good morning, girls. I picked up from The Verge in front of an old house a plant with flowers that hang down, which I assume is a clivia. The other one is my normal clivia with upright flower heads. Have you seen this type of flower before? And I thought it might have been an old-fashioned clivia. And yes, you're absolutely right, Kay. The the flower with the um, hanging mm. down, and I can't remember the name, uh, but it is the original clivia. And since then, they've done a lot of work developing new colours Colors, and yeah. better flowers yeah. and even nicer looking plants. And I was telling John how along a path I have two of these side by side. I have the one that hangs down and, you know, it's pretty but it's a bit average. And next to it I have one of the newer varieties that has five clusters of flowers that are upright, full, open, and they are just so vibrant. The size of almost a basketball, the, you know, it's just stunning. And, you know, if you cut them in the bundle in the vase, they're oh, amazing. Well, you'd need too. a big, stable yeah. vase. But even the plant of that has darker green stems, uh, leaves, wider, shorter, more compact. It's just such a nicer plant. That seeing these two side by side, I'm thinking I'm I would probably just pull out the other one and, and drop it and on the verge too. Yeah, because they're chalk and cheese, and yeah. what what these clivias deliver in a garden. Um, I've a mass superior. planted uh, a few under Melaleuca trees, and gosh, you'll see when I have my high tea ray. Yes, yes, how good they're looking. They just look right at home. They don't require very much water at all. The flowers are stunning and they last for weeks. And even the berries look good. Mm. So, But they are toxic. Oh, yes. And they don't require much water or no, much feeding. So they anything. will thrive on neglect. But, yeah, yeah another, another one to consider for your garden, folks. Oh, definitely. Just the green foliage all year round. Lovely mm. shade plant. And speaking of high tea, we do have a lot of guests coming along to... Faye's Garden uh, early next month. Uh, they kindly donated to Radiothon to attend. John was asking me earlier if any of you out there, and I know we won't reach everybody, uh, can email us with their, so that we have your email address as well. And that would simply be by going to gardening at curtainfm.com.au. So that's just a little request from John because he's looking after it. Okay, short break, guys. Curtain Radio. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Now, Louise uh, from Henley rang in to say that the name of the hanging clivia is Nobilis. Yes, thank you very much, Louise. Very clever of yes, you. Yes, very good. Thank you. It's haven't used it for a long time, so Nobilis. forgotten. Nice name. 
Mm. Okay, we've got John Glidden in the studio with us as well. Good morning, he's, folks. He's the font of all things. <laughs> and we're going to learn all about the Venus flytrap and its glow and where it grows. Yes, I was... I get a lot of information off QI, off ABC, to be honest, and they were talking about the Venus flytrap and how it lives in a very restricted area. So I've just Googled it, and it, uh, the only place it is found growing wild now is within a 100-kilometre radius of Wilmington, North Carolina. Oh, isn't that interesting? Is an, uh, and it is threatened because... People are trying to suppress bushfires and things like that, and it is mm. destroying their habitat. Mm. And yes, and the glow is in the low light areas where it's growing in the underbrush to attract the insects yeah. naturally. Clever. And the other thing they said, you know, what is their favorite food? And everybody thinks flies. flies but yeah. No, only 5% of their diet is flying insects. There's 33% ants, 30% spiders, 10% beetles, and 10% grasshoppers. Mm. Mm. But they will also take very small lizards and mammals. Oh, <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. How big are the, those fly traps? Are they like what we have here? Yeah, very, very similar. So a, a, a sort of newborn skink or something would, would easily fit in there. And they're very clever. They've got a hair on each side of their trap. And you have to touch both of them to trigger it. So it's like a lily pad, isn't it, when it's opened? Yes, with, with uh, spikes, spines. That, and apparently when Sticky? it closes, it is airtight. Oh, my oh. goodness. Yeah, deathly. It Nature is it, wonderful. It wouldn't be airtight if a lizard got in there, would it? I reckon he'd thrash <laughs> about a little. Yes. Oh, my Goodness word. me. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting, even if a little bit macabre, John. Well, it is a little, but hey, mm. we, we, we've got to try and trick these people somehow. They're far too clever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you keep trying. I keep trying <laughs> and failing. But na right. Nature is, yeah, it's it's rough and tough. It is for sure. Yeah. Carnivorous plants are quite amazing because they don't actually eat eat it as such. They They attract the insect... And then the juices digest and turn it into almost like a soup. Nutrients for and it. And then it is absorbed. Gee, that was a big sneeze, wasn't it, Bev? <laughs> <laughs> She's got a hand over her mouth in shock that we could hear her through the soundproof room. And through the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Funny. Well, that's fascinating. Thank you very much, John. And one other thing, Bill Bailey, the English comedian, singer, actually has a carnivorous plant named after him. Oh. The Bill Bailey or something, which is, right. a, I, I assume, a sort of sundew type. Well, it mm. could be a picture plant. He didn't make it clear. Yep. Very good. Now, on another note, this high tea that we have uh, in a month, we don't actually need the email, email addresses. addresses. We, we have them. You want the actual yep. residential address. We'll be mailing out a, a ticket. Yeah. Uh, welcoming you and yeah we've got your phone number and your email address but not a mailing address so if you could just email to gardening at curtainfm.com.au yeah uh we'll be mailing that out as soon as possible a lot of the people on that list are potentially curtain radio members and therefore mm. do have an address that i could access but maybe not everyone on that list 
Right. I can right. try and ask the girls at the front desk as well. And so it's only a month away. No. And there was one person who did not have an email address and did presumably doesn't have email. Yeah. So I think there. if if that person could phone or better still, I'll phone and uh, get get an address to mail the ticket up. Okay. Perfect. And while you're here, thank you for all you do. We appreciate it very Always much. Always a pleasure. Yes, John, John does a lot of work, not just on a Saturday morning, but through, when he gets home on a Saturday because he handles the podcast, he gets that up on online for us so you can go in and listen to your favourite bits of the show if you want to hear something back. Lots of information there for you. Uh, John works all week long, emails. And he keeps the stats. Yeah, as well. Our yeah. prize Statistician. Pool. Yeah, amongst many <laughs> Our other. rainfall. <laughs> Absolutely. Our email numbers. Yes, I Not know. to mention the cooking. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not to yes. mention the cooking and the recipe book. Speaking of, what are we having for morning tea? Uh, it's an English recipe, so it's uh, Gruyere and courgette muffins. Oh, good grief. I know. Don't, it just sounds, I love Gruyere cheese. You just have yeah. to know that, you know, courgettes are actually zucchini here. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's time delightful. to grow them too. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, John. Not Going a Going to the nine o'clock news, everyone. Well, yet again, guys, uh, I do report these issues and uh, they continue on. 16.8 degrees at the moment, uh, heading for a maximum today of 23. There might be a shower or two. Uh, the minimum overnight will be 12. Maximum of 22 tomorrow, partly cloudy. And on Monday, a minimum overnight will be 11 with a maximum of 24 and the cloud will be clearing. Looking ahead, though, I noticed that on Wednesday... Uh, we could have a deluge of rain up to 20 mils on Wednesday. Well, you know what that makes me think. Get out there and spread your pelletised chicken manure around because it'll wash in nicely. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And what other manures can you add oh, there? And anything else. But manure. the pellets kind of swell up and break down and they're just very, very Useful. cheap. A bag goes a long way. Okay, all right. And we're looking at our rainfall average too, 22.4 mils so far in September against the average of 81.8. And hey, with that rain coming this week, uh, that's going to make a, a huge impact. And we do need to catch up a bit from August. So yeah, we do need this rain. It's nice if we, you know, we're getting those days where this is this is perfect gardening weather. Absolutely. You can get a lot done. Oh. A couple of showers here and there is absolutely nothing. In fact, I enjoy it. I'm sure there was a sprinkle this morning, actually, when I was getting ready. Yes, there was. Yeah. There was. But not much. Ray, we've got a, a message in this morning. Uh, hi, I'm listening and beaming too. So now you know we really are out here listening to you. Stay warm and dry. And this is from Althea. So Althea is... Um, a lady who I met some years ago, her and her husband came to my garden and brought me cuttings and it was through this radio station that we became friends. Oh, very yeah. nice. So, a very nice note. It is. And I, you gave me a beautiful postcards type of photo uh, in the break just now and it's a, a wall of flowers taken at Disneyland. Yes, outside of Disneyland oh, and it's goodness. got the, the Mickey Mouse shape. Yeah. In it. Yeah. And your friend. And that was from Nathan yeah. at Hey Hey It's Friday. We hey, hey, we went Friday. dancing last night and Michael Barbaro was the entertainment. We had a fantastic night. Eddie's back dancing. The broken foot has um 
it's manageable now. So he's got back, back on the on dance, dance floor. floor. Yep, Poor he gave Eddie. it a workout last night. Oh, I hope he's all right. But uh, thank you, Nathan, for this beautiful photograph. It's absolutely uh, pretty. It'd make a great bookmark or something. Uh, and lucky you guys for being mm. being at Disneyland recently. As and well. Nathan and his family are avid listeners of curtain and I, I get wow. updates regularly from them as to you know you know comments about the show and what they've oh, heard oh that's mm, good that's lovely all right there's a couple of people out there listening we've got right? about three now <laughs> 94841927 is our number and don't forget you can email your questions or anything that you would like to let us know gardening at curtainfm.com.au uh, at 20 past nine coming up soon. We are chatting with Andrew. We're doing a bit of a wrap-up of the Kalamunda Garden Festival as well, tell you all about what happened, what went down. Love to hear some feedback from uh, listeners that did attend uh, as well. Yeah, I can certainly tell you what I got up oh, to. Oh, go there. on. Oh, I can't go wait. Okay. Well, some of this I did during the week as well because, you know, why would I Yeah, just stop it on one day? I bought... <laughs> um, Actually, I bought, this is an interesting one, purple syrinth. Do you know that one? Yes, yes, I do. I have seeds for it. Yeah, and I've got a beautiful Hoya, and its leaf is very um, soft-textured, variegated. I don't think they actually had a name for it, but I was just fascinated mm. by its form. So I, naturally I went away with that. Now, something called Dorcas Carota. Oh, no. Yeah, and I got a Salvia Africana lutea, which is the salvia. It's a that brown. I think when Ben comes in, he often talks about it, and I've been waiting for him to give me a piece. But the I flower need, is brown. Yeah, brownie orangey color. Mm. Yeah, a little bit rarer. And Senecio angel wings, and I see them in the uh, the green box as well. And that's just beautiful. Those big uh, felt like uh, leaves that are sort of round, and uh, it's. Uh, the Senecios are uh, lovely succulent plants mm. of which there are many, many. Mm. So this is a large leaf one, isn't it? It is, it is. And it's just very, very pretty. I, mm. And I bought this um, double-headed lavender, which is quite new. Ooh. Yeah, and not so fragrant, but the form, it's, again, it's sort of, uh, it's softer and it sort of weeps a little bit more. What I mean, colour? Lavender. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I grabbed that. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I grabbed a couple of uh, succulents, an Artemisia frigida, which apparently grows like cattails uh, coming from it. My I, goodness, I know, Ray. I know. I do get, I do, and I, this one I can't even pronounce, Zero Psychosticaria. And now I got that at Owie's Garden. He tells me it's rare, and I thought, okay. Um, I bought it during <laughs> the week. Is that your flag? Oh, everyone <laughs> won't rare. have that. I'll it's have, rare. I, I have that. to have that. It is. It is. Leucospermum. Now, I bought Leucospermums during the week. Uh, absolutely beautiful. And Lithodora, which Hang was... Hang on. For listeners, Leucospermum. Mm. Tea tree? No. No. Luca, no, not Leucodendron. Leucodendron, South African protea style? Yes, yes. What have I said? Wrong name. Mm, oh, I do get a little bit confused. So right. so describe. Well, it has a protea type head. Okay, yeah. So orange. great for cutting and putting in a vase? Yeah, as well. I'm sure you could do mm. that. Uh, grows quite tall. Leucodendron then? No, it's not. No? No, it's not. What is it? Well, I, I know it as a leucospermum. 
Okay. Well, hang on. Let's let's double check it. Maybe I've written it down wrong, love. Lifidora is another one that I bought, and these were stunning. That um, sounds like a disease, right? Lifidora, no. These stunning, more true to form blue flower. These are a clumping style bush. They flower in spring, and they've got this piercing blue flower, which a true blue, which quite often people say blue when it's mauve. This just grabbed me. So I actually planted them out into my garden. Uh, last night. Um, the Dorcas Corota I'm talking about is the, um, you have it in the white, lace and what do you call it? Queen Anne's Queen lace. Queen Anne's lace. This is in burgundy. Oh, wow. Burgundy. Mm. Yeah, it's the same, same beastie. Uh, what else did I get up to? Oh, during the week I bought a Monstera Esquilito, as I told you. <laughs> I, I know. That, that I is gave a, you permission to buy that. That didn't is I? a rarer one. Mm. Uh, let me see. Uh, I bought a kangaroo paw last week at um, the festival, but t- I did a terrible thing. I, I got it out of the car and I had to go off, actually, yes, during the week to pick up my Escolito, which was only half, half hour away. And I put the kangaroo paw on you near know, my driveway. It blew over and the head snapped off. Wow. After transporting it home ever so carefully, can you believe that? And this one's well, the, you know, sort of the mauve and oranges, which is my colour mm. theme uh, in my garden. I just only died when I got back. I thought, you stupid woman. Well, you, you know, know what you do then? You just pick it and you put it in a vase and you enjoy it yeah. inside. <laughs> so I couldn't believe that. Well, yes, I can believe that. Mm. Um, I'm sure I bought more. Um, I just That's just a, a touch. I feel like I need to go back to school and study all these <laughs> names now. Yeah. Well, I actually prefer the common names because it's just easier, mm. you know. Uh, and I bought some beautiful daisies during the week. I've planted them out as well because just gorgeous colour. Oh. Again, they had a mauve centre with a deep orange leaf. Wow. Uh, I've been busy. Uh, yeah. As, as I'm out of control. We, we all know that. Okay. I should I, well, should I just stop. call it homework. You're extending <laughs> the knowledge of the listeners as well as myself i, I know my, my other half says you're constantly looking at plants and i said on, 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 on the internet exactly exactly i don't know what he's trying to get at <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah, don't hello. need that negativity in your life right i do not i just flick it off <laughs> you need to be surrounded by people your Who people support me <laughs> That's right. exactly all right guys nine four eight four one nine two seven What's next? Another email? Yes. Yes, Manny has sent us in a photo of some lupins with some insects clustering or congregating in the centre. And these um, were taken out in a paddock. Now, these look to me, um, and I've had a look on John's computer, they look like a hairy flower wasp. Uh, If they were bees, if they were native bees... And they could be, but I actually think they're a little bit too elongated. I'm pretty sure they're more like a flower wasp. And I know that flower wasps will congregate uh, and roost in clusters like this. Flower wasps will be coming out more and more right now. And they're pollinators of many of our native plants. And sometimes they're also specialist pollinators of some of our unique orchids. Mm. Um, So not... You know, I know when people hear the term wasp, they often go into a panic and think they're horrible. But wasps, of which there are many types, are very important in our gardens and they don't all sting. So need not that, fear that's that. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the paper wasps give wasps a bad name. Many of the little parasitic wasps will take over things like 
uh, aphids or caterpillars. There are there are hundreds, and mm. they're beautifully coloured. Sometimes mm. even jewel looking. Now, Tracy from Mount Nasura has sent in photos of a lot of uh, what look like a beetle larva, and I suspect these have come up out of the ground after rains. You know, sometimes when you're digging around in the soil, you'll come across a cluster of, I think they're wireworms. They're just short little caterpillar or larva-looking insects that Mm -hmm. wriggle in a cluster, and these have actually come up between the paving, and, and what, I think it's due to rain. Oh, they come up because of the rain. Well, they, they've possibly flooded out of the ground, and earthworms will do the same. Where yeah. the, the soil gets soaked mm. and saturated, they can't breathe, and so they come up out of the ground to, to be able to breathe. Otherwise, they drown in the water. But I suspect that these are the larvae of click beetles. Which okay. nothing to be concerned about, and at at this um, in this condition, they would probably be picked off by birds. I was just going to say, mm. what happens when they cluster like that in her paving? Well, what, they what? possibly will go back down. Mm. Uh, they if they flooded, they may not be well and they may drown. Mm. Um, but very likely, they will be picked off by other critters. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right, now, um, this is interesting. Maureen from Bateman has hung a bat box in her garden. She's heard it will attract insects, particularly mosquitoes, and kill them. Yep, no, I don't think it works quite like that. Bats are the best pollinators after bees. Any thoughts? Well, uh, bats will possibly pollinate certain plants, but they have evolved with uh i I don't know what there is that is australian that bats pollinate so john this is a good one for you to research in western australia what sort of bats there are Mm. and what they pollinate i'm not i'm not too sure it's probably not our exotic plants bat boxes are amazing we do have micro bats in our suburbs we rarely see them yeah but i have encountered some in my garden like I've been walking out the back to the washing line in the you know late at night and I've heard this tiny little squeak up above me or I've seen a flash in front of me and often birds small birds don't fly at night so there's there's quite a likelihood that it's bats now when you put a a bat box in what do they look like uh they are, say, this wide, say 20 centimetres or so right, wide, maybe right. 30 centimetres. I never knew such a thing existed. By okay. maybe 30, 40 centimetres high. Like a little birdhouse almost? Like a birdhouse. So the back would, say, go on a wall and the front would be angled away at the top. So it would be on an incline and there would be a base, like a little ladder at the bottom well, it might just be grooves cut into the wood that they can climb up. It may even be put on a tree. And so you may see, if you put it on a tree, you may see scratchings up the bark of the tree. Mm. And there's also, I'm pretty sure there's an opening at the top and you could even open the top to have a look in if you want. We've got one on one of our walls, possibly not the right place, but bats take care of a lot of insects and mosquitoes 
is another reason why we don't want to use insecticides in our mm. gardens. Mm. But there are microbats. Um, I once unfortunately found one drowned in a pond. So oh. I guess it got in and couldn't get yeah. out. And by putting bat boxes around, we can do a little bit more monitoring of of what is out there. They won't, a bat box would not attract insects, but a, having somewhere to home bats will, uh, if they set up home, then they will eat some of the insects. So they will reduce the population. Now, it says bats are the best pollinators. Okay, we'll throw that one to John and see what we can find out about mm. what what plants bats pollinate. Okay. Mm. Going to have a short break. Then we're going to speak to Kay. Kay. Yep. She wants something about your chickens. Okay. And then we're also we'll be speaking to Andrew as well from the Kalamunda Garden Festival. Back shortly. Curtain Radio. And we are back 22 minutes after nine. Coming up at 10, Jim Crinan with the classic 70s for you. Okay, we're going to Port Kennedy. We're talking about Faye's chickens. Hello, and Hello, Ray. And thank Hi. you, Ray, for chasing up chasing up uh, the garden in the bag for Kay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> How, How are, are you, Kay? Kay? Oh, I'm not bad. How are you? Very, very good. And how, and how are those new little chickens? Well, they've settled in very well. They're putting themselves to bed at night and they, so. they they um have started scratching. All right. Mm. So That's nice. Yeah. Um, it should someone was telling me it should be time say September, October um for some eggs. Well, I'm waiting for mine because I haven't had any for about 10 months, nearly 12 months now. Oh. Because I know it's been cold and I know they've molted and they get fed, they get fresh water, but I haven't had any for donks. Right, okay. Well, we need to do something about that. We'll get <laughs> Megan back on again and I'm sure she can give you tips for getting your eggs um, back into production. Unless your chicks, so. Unless your chooks have um, become too old and stopped laying. Well, no, they're not that old. They're probably only two well, they need Maybe to get their act three together. Three years old. They're not. Mm. They're not very old. Right. So they're but getting they're, free them, house and them. board. Sorry. Free house and board at your place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got them last year, but they're not. Um, they're only little bantams, and I love the little bantams. But they're not laying me. They haven't laid me anything. So, mm. and just quickly, I'd love to be a friend with you, Faye. Because I don't have any friends. Oh, we've all <laughs> got sad, friends. Kay. <laughs> and gardeners. We're your friends. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And I appreciate you listening and I like it. So I won't hold you up. I just rang to say thank Ray for helping me with the garden in the bag. And I wanted to have a little chat with, with Faye. And I keep looking at all the pretties. And you just keep up the good work, my girl. You do <laughs> such a good job. Well, and hey, Kay, it. how about coming along to one of the open gardens and we catch up and have coffee uh, I'm for, yeah but you I don't have a car that's the thing I can't get to you you're quite a long way away and I don't have a car to get to you that's the okay thing. you're in Port Kennedy all right yeah and I don't, and I can't get to Jandicott okay all right well we'll so. keep that in mind 
We'll have to keep that in mind. If not, I can ha- I'm happy to meet you halfway somewhere, and I'd love to have a have a coffee with you because I've already met Faye. I've already met Ray when Ray was doing the show with with Matthew, and um, they had it at one of the curtains. And I went over and I got a picture, and it was lovely. And I met the girl, I met the man, and I thought that's lovely. That's made my day now. Oh, well, it's okay, lovely to sweet. hear from you, Kay. And yeah, you keep up the good work and keep listening. Yeah, I'll keep up the good work. I don't do as much hard work now like I used to, but I'm still happy with my roses and I just have a bit of grass to do, but I don't have a lot now because I'm a little bit older now and, 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 and my legs don't take much much moving around, but that's, that's okay. I'm still happy to poddle than to sit down on my bottom all day. <laughs> good on you. Anyway, lovely to hear from you girls. You take care. Thanks, too, Kay. Kay. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 All right, as we've mentioned this morning, we're doing a little bit of a wrap-up of the Kalamunda Garden Festival. We've got Andrew Ossington online. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Faye Ray listeners. How are you all today? Good. How did you pull we're up good. after the weekend? Are you still recovering? <laughs> Tell you what, it's like being hit by a truck, isn't it? You, you, just, yeah. you just feel so knackered by the end of it. So it's, oh, yeah. it does take a few days to get away, uh, like uh, to get on with things. But it's um, we're, we're really happy with it, mate. That was our 18th um 18th event, so that's um, and we did have a, a few hurdles, uh, we yep. could say, lead, leading well, up to that. Well, and, uh, talk about a truck, probably more like a semi trailer with what you put up <laughs> to, uh, yeah, what do they call them? Semi trailer, yeah, yeah, that'll do. Oh, so tell us about what you went through because you know, I, I arrived on the morning and everything looked cool to me, and you know, I didn't know oh, of any of the dramas, the dramas that went on. The scenes, yeah, you nearly yeah. cancelled, didn't you, Andrew? It was just the yeah. weather, so. So, because what happened, like, we bump in the day before generally, mm. so that's when we're um, into Stirk Park, and Stirk Park's got quite a high water table anyway, it's quite. We do have to watch the soil there. It's quite wet. Um, and then as the Saturday we're bumping in, it's raining, 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 raining kind of thing. The mud's getting worse, getting worse, getting worse. And then mm. into the night, it was about 10 o'clock at night. I'm slipping all over the place. And it's like, my gosh, we can't let the public in like this yeah. because it's just too much of a safety risk. And, Treacherous, yeah. And re- yeah, and really this was the first time when we've actually gone, oh, mate, we might actually have to cancel this. We've, we've always mm. had that in the, uh, as a fear in the back of our minds. But this was a reality for the first time. That, that really scared us, mate, because yeah. we've got to... Obviously, a lot of money and effort involved in this, and if we yes. have to pull it, then um, that's yeah. Yeah, it's not a good thing, mate. So, no. um, so uh, yeah, we, we're looking at the, the options of what we can do, and everything's feeling really real and and a bit a uh, bit daunting. And and then we thought of like if we could actually put some mulch down or something over the mud, if we could do that in time. But it's like ten thirty at night at this point. So like, uh, what <laughs> what do we do? So. One of our sponsors, of course, is uh, Green Life Soil Company with Glinda and Paul. So we we rang them uh, in the in the late hours of the night, and thankfully they answered. and um, And then they spent some time trying to work out a truck, how we could get it done, and everything. And um, thankfully they um, yeah pulled off a miracle. When uh, yeah, in the morning they start bringing in the mulch, so we've got truckloads mm-hmm. of mulch coming in. So. Mm-hmm. But it, that was one of the hurdles. But then <laughs> during, during the night, of course, we had these huge winds that were going across Perth and, mm-hmm. and there was a severe weather warning along the coast and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, oh, my gosh. And we get there at about uh, 2 o'clock. We're back in the park in the morning. And 2 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> we get about an hour's sleep and then we, we come back and, um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and kick oh. on with it was like carnage, mate. There was there was nine marquees that were absolutely crushed by the wind, like absolutely crushed. We had a, we had a big marquee up in the tree. Uh, oh, good grief. Oh, <laughs> there was, uh, Andrew. 
even one of our huge marquees, the big big nine by six metre ones, the big professionally installed ones, that's got like three foot pegs that go into the ground. That got uplifted and damaged and everything. And it, it was because that was our next challenge. Now I was like, my gosh, how do we clean this up? And and, and yeah. but um, it's it's basically. Um, but when the mulch started arriving, it was beautiful because the amount of people that just jumped in and helped. Um, just grab the yeah, mm. grab the tool and just spread this mulch around, and the last load actually came in just as the gates opened. So it was, um, uh, <laughs> it was, it really was one of those things where everyone just banded together to get the job done. Make it happen. And, um, yeah, and it was it was beautiful. It really was, and, and I think that's what it's all about. Is when when um, you know when when things get a bit tough, everyone kind of joined pitches in and, and, yeah 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 such as the gardening and, community andrew oh it was meant hey it was really really yeah. cool and and then yeah hopefully well, like you said hopefully a lot of people wouldn't have noticed that we'd um uh, had all those issues and it, it's like the duck on the pond isn't it looking all nice from above <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's a little bit like that. <laughs> you're happy with your numbers people enjoyed the day regardless andrew yeah the, the numbers were down on what we normally get um I think I think because even even that morning we had the bands ringing up saying you are cancelling aren't you and people people we had 102 phone calls and messages saying um, I'm assuming you have cancelled and it's yeah. like no no we're going ahead because events around yeah. Perth were cancelling on that day remember yeah. so um, and and I think that was just the conception and 22 um, percent of our pre-sale tickets that we sold um, those people didn't even show up so they would have just gone nah it's too hard it's still a bit yeah, yeah still a bit too blustery still a bit too rough but. The weather was great. I'm like, I'm really happy with the weather because uh, we had some showers, uh, a bit of a, a downpour at one point, but, mate, the rest of the time was it was sunshine okay. and it was lovely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy with it, mate. So people do go, oh, the weather was a bit funny. I'm like, no, the weather was great. It, 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 we were allowed to go ahead, which was um Well, it was, it was cold, but, you know, the vibe, yeah. <laughs> the vibe was just amazing. People were happy and smiling and friendly and the atmosphere was great. yeah people were commenting about the atmosphere at, oh, at your great. event Andrew well it's lovely and it's, it's I mean I tell you what it's, it's lovely seeing you there all the time Faye and Ray as well it's just and, and and you start seeing these regulars and the number of people that came up and said I heard you on the show and, and so it's, you've got such a wonderful following and, and to see so many of your listeners there as well and coming up and saying that, that you know, they heard about it with Faye and Ray and everything is just it's beautiful and we're kind of all working together to try and make this thing happen and it's it's really good when you see the faces when you see these people and some of them were so great like they came prepared they had the gum boots on they had the rain jacket on and everything and yeah. it's like Mate, they mean business. These people are wicked. It's just, it's great. It really you, do, is. you could do with the gumboot stall, though, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would have done gangbusters on the day. Yeah. They? yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, and it, it, was, it was lovely seeing Phil and Millie as well, who obviously we brought over as well. And, and I'll tell you what, listening to Phil on your station, mate, that interview you did was brilliant as well. It was, it was so interesting um, listening to Phil, and, and we'll definitely get him back because he was um, he was wonderful. We'll get yes. Millie back as well. Oh, they loved it. Yeah, they you oh. know they've they travelled so far, but yeah, yes. you you're putting Perth on the map, Andrew, yeah. because these people want to come here. They've heard about this event, and they want to be part of it. 
Oh, that's that's lovely, mm. and it's it's it's. I mean, no, even the the friendships that we've built up as well. Um, like even last night, Costa rang again last night at midnight. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> he gorgeous? Just, yeah. He just rings. He just talk about what do we talk? Hot air balloons and kites, just random stuff. It's just oh, let's just talk about random stuff. So does that man ever it, sleep? Yeah. <laughs> Don't think so. Uh, uh, he would come, come from the airport and he had a flat tire, and he was like, oh my gosh. So he said, oh, this is a bad time to get a flat tire. But it's just you build up these relationships with yeah. people and. And it's made it. It's brilliant. And when they do come here, and even the the, the amazing local talent that we have as well, it's it's to, to share that knowledge with people. And as these events go on and continue, so much information and so much inspiration and mm. is getting put out there. And it's it's an accumulative thing, I guess. And and you can literally come along. There's 15 different talk times, and you can you can pick out the ones that really interest exactly. you. And we've always got that variety, and it's mm. it's it's really approachable and friendly and. Um, I, I love it. Like Jerry Colby's coming back twice next year. Great. Um, Great. Yeah, it's, it's just lovely. And, and this next one that we've got, of course, we've got Hannah coming over, Hannah Maloney. Yeah. Um, Jane Edmondson as well. So Costa will be for that one as well. And uh, Le- Josh Byrne as well, the legend Josh Byrne. So he's going to be there. So that's, so a, that's a huge one. That's December, early yes, December? Yes. Yeah, Great. December 3rd. Yeah. Okay. So, now, Andrew, you know, how many stalls did you have? I know it was over 100, but yeah, do you it, know the final number? Yeah, 136 actual stalls, 220 stall sites. So a lot of them take uh, uh, triple yes. stalls or double stalls. And because um, uh, as, as it goes on and they build up the popularity with the customers, they say, I need yeah. a bigger spot, I want a bigger spot kind of a yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, but e- even that went into chaos, mate, because we had to change the whole layout as well <gasps> um, overnight as well because areas that we were going to use yeah, were, were underwater. So it was um, it was a very fluid event, that one. Yeah. <laughs> In more ways than one. Oh, you You're a, too funny. You and Mandy did a heroic effort, Andrew. And uh, yeah, we're uh, you know, the gardening community. I mean, we're grateful. We certainly, you know, want to support this and uh, look forward to December. And uh, bless you guys for what you did. And we're glad that it came together on the day when you get a little bit of that history and background of what you went mm. through to pull this off. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and and it's just it's people come together. I guess that's what it is, and that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the small businesses. Yeah. We celebrate the gardeners. We celebrate that uh, that mindset of the show must go on. That kind of thing. It's just people yeah. all, all, all making it happen, and it was um it was great, mate. And and again, thank you so much for everything you guys do. We really really appreciate it. Well, we gardeners were a tough lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. All well, right, it's, we... it's our pleasure to have been involved and to be able to give tickets away to our listeners too. Yeah, so, brilliant. Yeah. We'll do that again for the next one, okay? So yep. your listeners will great. get those as well for the next one as well. Thank you so much, guys. Take care, Thanks, Andrew. Andrew. And go and get some rest, will you, you two? <laughs> yeah, I might do that. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Just <laughs> exhausted listening. <laughs> oh, I, that poor man. Two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said oh. they had like an hour's sleep. And you wouldn't have hardly slept, would you, because they would have been so worried. I mean, it's just amazing what goes on behind the scenes. People don't know. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. The, to me... The show went off without a hitch. Yeah, I, I knew nothing. Mm. And the people lining up at the gates, you know, they were just mm. excited to come in. And, whoa, when those gates open, the the grounds are just flooded, flooded. with people. It's and fantastic. great entertainment there too. Yes. I love the entertainment. Sometimes you go to places and you think, oh, I just wish that music would turn off. This yeah. is great. This yeah. is really good. And there were seating areas. Some of it was yeah. undercover. Yeah. It's the atmosphere. Was good. Just so really we look fantastic. forward to it all. We, we loved it. All right. We're in North Yundera. Prue, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a couple of queries. Uh, first of all, hibiscus. 
I've got some hibiscus, which are absolutely stunning. They're blooming, they're everything, it's good. So I've got others in a separate garden that are looking absolutely miserable. Me too, Prue. Well, you know, we've had like low cold temperatures Mm. for a few months now, so they're not really happy. But this week... I kicked off my hibiscus pruning. I and was going to say, do yeah. we give it's them the, a tidy It's idea. that time. Yeah. Now's the time where we're starting to get some warm weather. Give them a yep. light cutback, you know, 20, yep. 25 to 30% and yep. uh, get, get ready to feed them. But because we've yep. still got rains okay. coming and because the soil yep. temperatures are cold, I'll be throwing around the palletized chicken manure because... To me, yes. it's good value. A bag goes a long way. couple of cupfuls around each plant right yes. across the whole garden. And no, then, done that. Done that. Yep. Yep. And then the on top garden. of that, yep. uh, when it does really consistently become warmer, then you could go with the, the slow release for flowering plants. And yep. even if you did nothing else, you would get a consistent result with healthy, healthy blooms and foliage. Yeah, would that apply also to buttercans? Yes, yes. Okay, because they like being tip pruned, don't they? Oh, a lot of plants do. And deadheading, you know, if you've got plants that yep. are flowering, you go and nip those deadheads off and it stops the yep. plant trying to produce seed. So more right. energy will go into uh, renewing the growth Absolutely. and more flowers. Okay, okay. no, that's got that. I understand. Thank you very much. Now, one other thing I've got a heap of bulbs in the property. But they have not flowered, and or some of the jonquils and that flowered for a very short period. Is it because we didn't have a very cold winter? Would you say? No, I don't think that's the reason. I think sometimes they can can get too um, too bound up together. I think it's good to oh. divide them occasionally. I also yeah. think they need some need more sun because I know I've got daffodils mm. and jonquils that haven't flowered as well. They, mm-hmm. They've been left in the ground for years. They've got virtually no feed mm-hmm. and yep. they've just clustered together and they're not doing anything. So I'll just okay. give them a rejig and um, shake them up. They might sulk for a year, but then after that, um, and you you feed your bulbs when they're dying down. So all that energy from their leaves goes into the bulb for next year's yep. flowers. I understand that. Okay, now that's great. Enjoy your show. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Prue. Good on you. Take care. Cheers. And Margaret of Mundaring called in, where can you purchase a bat box? Well, that was exactly what was going through my (laughs) mind when I said I've never seen one. Well, I'm sure John will will find us a list of places. Um, You know, some of the men's sheds have them. I'm sure that... Say so the Calamunda Garden Festival. So places, for example, where you buy bee hotels and things some, like that? Some, but not all. It ah. it probably is something that's a little bit more handmade. Okay. I suspect somewhere like Urban Revolution in Vic Park may have some, but I would I would check. We'll get we'll get John, John to, to find have out. A look at that mm. for us. Okay, beautiful. All right, now we do have free lines nine four eight four one nine two seven. How's about I give away our $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees in Pickering Brook. It Sounds is spring. Good. 
Hey? Sounds good. Yeah. And there's a lot happening at Bigger Trees always. And you will not know which way to turn up there with your $75 gift voucher. This immaculate nursery is ever evolving and new stock arriving each week. And they already have a massive range to select from. So Bigger Trees do deliver across the metro area. You can browse their Facebook page for updates. And for big plants and little plants, check out biggertrees.com.au. Here's your question. Must be a Curtin FN member not to have won a prize in the last 28 days. In her 1972 hit song, You're So Vain, Carly Simon describes a man walking into a party like he was walking onto a yacht. What colour is the scarf that he's wearing? I'll repeat the question. In her 1972 hit song, You're So Vain, Carly Simon describes a man walking into a party like he was walking onto a yacht. What colour is the scarf that he's wearing? Give Bev a call now on 94841927. And there's about 18 minutes of Let's Talk Gardening left. Don't miss your opportunity to get your gardening questions through to us this morning. 94841927. The lines are going crazy for the $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees, rightly so. So... Hopefully, Bev will have... Oh, oh, my goodness, she has a winner. Cheryl from Oakford. Good on you, Cheryl. Our question was, in her 1972 hit song, You're So Vain, Carly Simon describes a man walking into a party like he was walking onto a yacht. What colour is a scarf that he is wearing? The answer is apricot. Good on you, Cheryl. $75 gift voucher from Bigger Trees heading your way this week. Do let us know what you get up to with that. Yes, and have we got John back in the studio with us uh, talking bat boxes and what bats actually get up to here in Perth? Right, well, I don't know that bats do very much pollination in the Perth metro area because all we tend to get are the micro bats, which are insect feeders. Now, they do a good job because they do feed on the predators of your plants. So, you know, they're good guys. The mega bats or the flying foxes fruit bats that sort of thing are only found further north tropical areas and they do a lot of pollination of things oh, tropical trees um bat boxes the only i had a very very quick look so uh the only place i saw that says they sell them is urban revolution which are in victoria park i'm sure other places that make b hotels and that sort of thing may i mean you can but ask mm. well we'll follow this up i'll do some some more research and ask around right i did find one very interesting thing and i can't can't remember which bat it was but there is one bat in perth it is the only bat known to produce echolocation sounds that can be heard by humans oh i think we have it because i've heard it yes it is in the in, in perth uh but yeah, it, it's one of those subjects that, you know, what one of the dozen or so pages I looked yeah, at. Yeah, you go down <laughs> rabbit holes with it, don't you? Mm. I wonder what the sound, what is it emits like? It's just a, like a sharp squeak mm. and you sort of think mm. to yourself, what was that? Yeah. It's yeah. high pitched. Yeah. Um, and because it's at night, you know, it'll just, I'm sure one flew past me one night, you know, you get mm. this this flap yeah. Um, but you can't see anything. No. 
and they they just zoom they around just quietly yeah. almost. I, I love the David Attenborough story when he was talking about a show he was filming on bats, and he just made the comment that you know people are worried about bats flying into your hair, and he said they'll never do that because of their echolocation. And just as he said that, a bat flew into his hair. Is that right? <laughs> Yeah. What's what's an echolocation, John? That is where they send out that high-pitched squeak and they can tell by how long the echo takes to return how far away the item or the... Location the, is. Yeah, whatever oh, it is there. Good grief. Oh, no. It's... And, and it's why they can all fly around in those totally black caves and, you know... Hopefully, don't have too many collisions. Collide with each other. It's, yeah. it's well, common. if you've ever been in a cave where the bats are hanging off the ceiling, it's quite amazing. And you've, you would have walked through all the bat guano. It's on all the surfaces, and it's mm. sort of, it's like slimy, and it's um, almost crystallized as well. Mm. Mm. And that was the other thing he said about that. He's showing this pile of guano and. You know, they've been building up for thousands of years. Mm. For somebody who does all these nature shows, you know, you'd think he wouldn't be afraid of anything, or but he really dislikes cockroaches. <laughs> and he said the cockroaches on this pile of guano were horrifying. Horrible, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a few years ago I, I went to Borneo and did the Headhunters Trail, but mm. where we stayed in Borneo in Mulu Park, one of the tourist attractions is at Deer Cave and... And almost every day, unless it's really cloudy and the weather's inclement, uh, the bats leave Deer Cave and there's a mass exodus. And you get the first few scout bee, uh, bats that come out and they fly up the cliff place and into the sky and then they come back and then more are followed and they go off in clusters. And this is um, for protection, like if they're all, all in a big... Lots. They, yeah, mm. there's predatory birds that mm. come after them. But they move through the sky in swarms mm. and they sort of, they drift and they go round and round and they it, it looks like a huge cluster of mosquitoes as they waft in clouds mm. through the sky and they'll, you know, one after the other, hundreds will leave. It's, there was a, there it's was just a, a word for that. I think it's a murmuration or something like that. Which, oh, and cool. uh, Yeah, and the fish do it and birds do it. And they're really amazing to watch. Oh. And a few, some years back, I went to Queensland for my niece's wedding, just wandering around at night and the clouds of bats flying overhead. And they were the big flying fox type. Wow. Uh, absolutely amazing. Well, when we were in Queensland, we were walking down the street and a bat flew into a tree very close to where I was. And they're, they're quite big bats, mm. just hanging upside down. Remember mm. the cartoon bat thing? Vaguely. <laughs> karate. <Yeah. laughs> oh, dear. Maybe we should play that song, Ray. Okay. Well, actually, let's, yeah, okay, let's give it a whirl because uh, we can we can squeeze it in. Let's do it. And I hope you enjoyed that. We do have to end the song there because we do have to do this. Curtain Radio. And Let's Talk Gardening was sponsored by Garden in a Bag. Free delivery when buying six bags or more. Search Garden in a Bag. Now, we do have some comments here. Uh, Jackie of Bedford Dale, the Darling Wildlife Refuge Centre in Orange Grove, are a charity who make bat boxes. 
Okay, brilliant. And Kelly of Duncraig bought a back box at the Calamunda Garden Festival last Sunday. Of course you did. Uh, Facebook is bat, bats, bats and, and bees. bees. Bats yes. and bees. And that's spelled B-A-T-T-S-E-N-B-Y-S. That's and they, clever. And they do the bee hotels as well. Okay. Or the, yeah, okay. So bats and bees. At, and you can they have an email address, batsandbees at gmail.com. But it's it's a clever spelling, B-A-T-T-S-E-N-B-Y-S, if you would like a bat box. <laughs> and we should all have one. And at the bottom here, Kathy of Bullsbrook says, how long do you need to keep compost in a compost tubler to prevent seeds germinating? Well, it will be about the temperature that your your compost gets to to kill the seeds. So if you... I've talked about compost before in a compost tumbler, how you might um, have it open, you start adding your layers and the day that you perhaps mow your lawns, you put your lawn clippings in there. They're hot and they're moist and a lot of juice comes out of them. If you close it up and it's full at that point, you turn it 10 times every day for two weeks, it should have got hot enough to have killed the seeds. Okay. Hmm. Okay. okay. Now, John has called in. Um, oh, this is Graham Mount Helena, so I'm not sure which is which. And it's, it says, eats flies and smells like rotten meat. Now, this is the the bulb, Dranuncula vulgaris. And You've got one, haven't you? I, I have got a few now because I, I um, dug it up last year to move it. And I'm not sure if I damaged the bulb or the corm. But I actually have quite a few coming up in the same space. But the flower is a spathe and it's about a foot long. It's burgundy in colour and it's also called the carrion flower. It does smell like rotting flesh or something has died and it does attract a lot of flies um, to pollinate it. I don't know that it eats flies, but the flies come in because they're attracted to this smell, they think that something has died mm. and they, they're the pollen, pollinators of the plant. Mm-hmm. I don't think the flies die in there. They don't. No, a bit like um, some of the stapeliads smell also like rotting flesh and also called the carrion flower. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where I was getting a little bit mixed up before, Ray. We have the leptospermum, we have the leucodendron, and we have the leucospermum. So the leptospermum the are the tea trees. And yep. I love them. Oh, they're, And they're just dripping in flowers right mm, now. Mm. The leucodendron are the cone bushes, which are South African and fantastic uh, to pick in floral arrangements. And the pincushion is the one that you're talking about, and that's the leucospermum. So mm-hmm. you, you were right. I was just confused. That's fine. <laughs> there we go. Now we should talk about quickly the epidendrum. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, which is E, and that is the crucifix orchid. And, you know, these, uh, they don't take up a lot of space in the garden. They're very hardy. They're a great companion for an understory, mm-hmm. um, perhaps climbing on the trunk of a palm. You know, some palms where the the frond comes out, you you're left with little um, shelves, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is they perfect. Can plant it in you there. can just pop it in there. Ah. They're like an air plant. You can see that mm. this has got aerial roots, and you can see that this one here is a Y shape, where it's actually put out a new, a new plant. So they will grow plantlets on the same stem. 
also called kikis, K-E-I-K-I. And these are the little plantlets that you can take off and grow new plants from. So you could just start that off in sphagnum moss or a loose open bark mix. And they have developed Very them over the years. Flower. Oh, Describe stunning. That, yeah. um, a cluster of flowers, five petals with, well, it looks like a little angel with her arms out popping up in the center. And these come in orange, red, yellow, pink, uh, just to name a few. And look, isn't that the most beautiful seed pod that's developed it on the side? It is gorgeous. It is gorgeous. So, and so do they have a common name, did you mention? Crucifix orchid. Crucifix orchid. So you may see some at the garden fair today if you're going along there. Yeah. They, they're hardy. They're tough. Uh, so they like if, to grow under understory plant shade, yeah, obviously. They would be an epiphyte. Yeah, so yeah. you can grow them in a pot. But they do like to climb, so they sort of get quite tall and then they'll put out more roots and they'll make new plants. So they will they will climb up a, a palm tree or, you know, something with a, a rough bark. Mm. Okay. Underrated. You know, they don't well, need a lot of water. We, don't, we haven't really spoken about them, have we? No. Yeah. Like I said, they some of these things just fly under the radar. Okay. They're hanging out in the garden. Uh, a cutting was given to me by a friend and, you know, the fact that it's thrived on neglect means it's still alive and we <laughs> like things like that. We need we those things do. in our garden. All right, what else we need to wrap up? Well, next week we will be joined in the studio by John Visca and we will also be talking about the upcoming Kings Park Festival, which kicks off very soon. And, folks, Kings Park is in full bloom at you the were moment. You there during the week. I was. It was very busy. The car park was full by 10 o'clock. Wow. So the guides were all run off their feet. The place is looking amazing. And it's on our doorstep, the, on the doorstep of the city of Perth. Have to say, I adored the light show. Mm. I just loved the light show that they had on during the middle of winter. Oh, it was delightful, and it's coming back in a different with a different thing. Cannot wait for that. All right, everybody. Look, great morning. It goes very quickly as it always does. Big thanks to our Bev Daring and John Glidden and our Faye Akaro, of course. My gardenism for the morning is in his garden. Every man may be his own artist without apology or explanation. I have a feeling <laughs> I mentioned that last week. Sorry. This is what happens when you paste and copy and copy and paste. Spring. This is the one I wanted to say. Spring, a lovely reminder of how beautiful change can be. Lovely. Very, very, very apt for me. Now, classic 70s and X with Jim Crinan. Look, enjoy this weekend. I think it's going to be perfect gardening weather. Uh do your thing guys and we will be back next week happy gardening we hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of let's talk gardening on curtain radio happy gardening